What up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Blacktop Podcast. We're two manning it today. Christian's on his way to the Dominican, I believe. Well, I think he's leaving on Friday, so. What the freak? I wish I could go to the freaking Dominican, man. Man, me too. Me too. But, you know, the weather here is kind of the same in a sense. We're starting to hit a little bit of a, little bit of a heat, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mad about it. I'm not a big heat fan. What about you, Rube? You don't, like, you don't like the summer? Yeah, I'm more of a middle season guy. Ah, fall, I'm fall a, and spring. I, okay. I I would take the end of summer, beginning of fall. That's my favorite time of the year. Oh yeah. I so like that. beginning of September, because like everything's kind of busy, but then also the weather's still nice, but not too hot. Yeah. So you can wear little layers, but not too much. Yeah, I feel but, that. But you know what? I do love the summer for free agency, trades, the draft. The FIBA World Cup this uh, this summer. So, you know, as much as I'm not a summer person, a lot to be excited for. Uh, let's just get right into it, y'all. So, as you know, or by the time you're hearing this, free agency is like a day away because this is going to go up on Thursday. And whew, I don't know. It's it's obviously a bit of an underwhelming class compared to ones before. But you know, I I think outside of like the the star power, I think there's a lot of good role players like. That are going to get signed this year. I mean, just one off the top of my head. You know, we saw Dante DiVincenzo decline his option. I think he's going to be a big difference maker. And yeah, I just think there's a lot of depth to be added this class. What do you think, Ruben? Yeah, I think you said it best. Um, I don't know if there. Obviously, there's not. Uh, there's only two players that I think really moves the needle in terms of like they can shift your team entirely from like just a random playoff team you know, middle of the pack to being a potential contender. Um, you know what? Let me take that back. I actually don't say, I wouldn't say there is. No, you don't, you don't think Dylan Brooks is moving a needle? No, I don't think so. What about but like China? you said, I think, oh yeah, the Guangzhou Tigers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is a, this is a good class in terms of filling out your roster or filling out like the core of your team in terms of you know what you need next to compete like the, those supplementary pieces around your stars um i think uh for the most part looking at the free agency class like top to bottom james and Kyrie, i don't know if they're at a place where they can affect the game like they used to um that's why i took back what i said about them being necessarily needle movers in the sense of like you build a team around them they're clearly guys that you need to pair with and but I think this is a good draft. I think like our draft, sorry, free uh, free agent class, and like you could go all the way down to even the seventy fives, and like you know the top seventy five players on this class. You know, I think um, are all players who are rotation level guys. One hundred percent. Yep. So this, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I think this is really a good class for teams that who need that extra step up. Mm. Right. You look at a team like. Um, I don't know what their cap space looks like, but in Milwaukee or with the Sixers and on the other side in the West, like I think the Kings are probably the biggest at play in terms of their cap space. Right, They can make a lot of moves, so it's going to be exciting to watch. 100%. Let's get right into it. So before we get into all like the actual free agency stuff, we had a trade go down from our last episode until now. Uh, as we all know, John Collins, after what seems like half a decade of being in trade rumors and on the market, yeah. finally out of the ATL. So, it, as we all know, it's John Collins to the Utah Jazz in exchange for Rudy Bacala and a second-round pick. <laughs> Which, if you're not Filipino, 
That's Rudy Gay. <laughs> oh, damn. Anyways, I mean, let's let's just talk about it from the jazz perspective. Uh, oh, the, I'm getting just man. very. It's a Lori like flyer, to where you know, it's a guy who's got a decent sized contract, and not necessarily has ever warranted that value, but it's also not necessarily out of fact of that they're complete cheeks. You know, when we, we think about John Collins, how we got that $100 million contract was being a 20 and 10 guy. And I think there's still some of that in there. But, you know, through like the big finger injury he's had, you know, that's a big reason why his shooting's fallen off. But, you know, I think when you look at this Jazz team, I, at first, I know you know how I felt about it, Ruben. I was like very, I don't know, not full on about the John yeah. Collins coming in. You got a guy like Taylor Hendricks, but... I think also just looking at how the Jazz season went, Will Hardy's a guy that likes to let rookies earn it. You know, we all know how good Walker Kessler is, and he didn't even start to begin the year. You know, Ochai Baji was a guy who had to get his way into the lineup damn near up until, like, post-All-Star, it felt like. So I, I think it's good, healthy competition. And, you know, if John Collins wants to, like, earn his keep and really get towards that next contract, this could be a situation that could be beneficial for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, John Collins is like, at least for Utah's perspective, like you you pick up another you know solid forward who's under contract at 24, 25 years old. I think with you know some level of, I think there's still quite a bit of development left for John Collins, and I also don't think he was utilized necessarily right in Atlanta. I mean, like you said, the dude's been circled in trade rumors for like the last three or four years. Yeah. So I mean I I actually like it for Utah. I think it adds a little it adds a different dynamic if you're talking about on the basketball court purely like Laurie is really good at what he does. Obviously he was an all-star this past year. Walker Kessler um you know I think he is obviously a defensive big, a special impactful defensive big that can spread the floor. He's got a nice touch around the rim and then you add John Collins to that where he makes his money on um, obviously being an athletic guy on both ends and can make an impact on that on that side of the floor. But I think, um, you know, having the dynamic of an athletic player like him in the front court alongside Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen, and not to mention that he's still got quite some size, like at 6'9", you know, you could even say that they might be going in the same mold of what Denver is doing with a, a very long and big backcourt or mm, backcourt frontcourt. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're looking at this team competing in the near future, I mean, this team damn near made the playoffs, right? I mean, and they're a very young team. So it clearly looks like they're going to try and compete at the same time, build around their core. And I think John Collins is a good addition to both of that. Um, for Atlanta, I think, it's not a coincidence that they were trying to free up a power forward spot when you've been hearing that they've been involved in Pascal Siakam trade talks for like the last few months and they've been trying to acquire Pascal, but neither does like Toronto doesn't want to budge. Neither does Pascal and he won't commit to signing long-term. So um, knowing Atlanta also, they had to drop the contract with a new CBA. Mm -hmm. So they're clearly trying to make a run at some major front court player there. And um, they also just made DeJounte and uh, Clint Capella available for trade talk uh, for conversations. So um, interesting times for Atlanta. I think it's going to be hard for them to retool that team. But I think this is kind of like a step in the direction of 
they've got to make something happen fast or I think they blow it up altogether. Mm, I can see that. I, I think for me personally, though, after like thinking on it for a bit, I don't know if it's necessarily for them to gear up for something, but more so, I think clearing up space for a lot of their young guys. You know, Jalen Johnson's a guy who showed a lot of flashes last year. You know, similar kind of build to John Collins can do some similar things. More in the, more importantly, though, like a guy like AJ Griffin Jr., I'm really excited to see. Like, if they stand pat with where they are and don't do too many big, big moves, I'm excited to see what he could do. I mean, because as a rookie, almost shot 50, 40, 90. And, yeah. Know, and then there's a lot of repetition on that front court for Atlanta, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. a lot of guys. This is like major logjam for the forwards. No doubt. And another guy, obviously, Onyeka Kongwu, you know, you spend a top 10 pick on him. He's been a bench yeah. rider for the majority of actually for the entirety of his career. And then in the parts where he did start last year, he was very effective. So, you know, we'll see what Clint Capella is going to be on. But overall, I think when you look at the Hawks, as much as it is like the trade face value, it looks like you completely kind of shat it. You know, I, I think it's it's giving up a little to potentially get a lot out of three guys that could really, really play a big, yeah. big, big, be big difference makers in this like retooling. But looking back at the Jazz, you know, if you look at the landscape of the West and we look at, you know, who they have, Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson's a, probably the biggest what if because, like, he has got a player option. But obviously, yeah, Sexton, uh, I think Taylor Horton Tucker just opted into his player option. Obviously, got the guys like Keontae George, Bryce Sensabaugh, Taylor Hendricks. You know, I mean, how could we forget our Canadian boy, Kelly Olenek? is going to be hooping his ass off in the FIBA World Cup. You know, Laurie. I think there's just a lot of guys there where, you know, it's almost like that Denver team we were talking about when it was uh, the Brooklyn Nets this this season post trade where oh like post Carmelo trade where they yeah, had a bunch it's of it's a lot all- of ragtag guys yeah. you know I think as much as Laurie is an all star I don't necessarily think he's like like an all all the way up there kind of guy that's not to like put him down or anything like that but you know I will say with the all star game being in Utah definitely played a big part of that but you know i I think it's just a lot of good guys who know how to play basketball and i'm excited to see what will hardy's able to do with this roster do you think they finish what would you say is their ceiling because i feel like the floor is pretty comfortably like some kind of play in situation whether it's 10 9 8 or 7 what do you think is like their peak though if everything's clicking yeah i think their peak is probably a six seed i just think there's still a lot of youth on that team um, I just don't think they have like that firepower because especially if you look at the West, right? This past year, there's a lot of juggling happen, uh, happening. Um, and granted, I'm talking kind of like as if like there's going to be no injuries next year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if the jockeying stays correct, this is a team that could move up and down depending on what happens with Minnesota. Um, do we really think the Chris Paul trade is going to make an impact on Golden State as positively as others think? Um is a team like the Pels going to completely fall off, right? So there's a lot of jockey in the West, but yeah, I think I think a 6 seed safe is where their where their peak is at where I'd want to say because I don't think by any means like this was a where did they finish this past year 10th, no? I think they 11th? they dropped they the outside. I think it might have been 11th, yeah. And but they were yeah, so they were flirting with the playoffs and the play in throughout the season. They dropped off near the end. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Lori was injured for a good part of the second half of the year. 
I think I think that and they kind of like embrace the tank just a tiny bit just to ensure they're in the lottery. Yeah, but I mean, if it's a team that's flirting with the playoffs, I don't think they got worse with this trade. I think, in fact, I think they got much better with John Collins. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're looking at a potential playoff team. I like that. I like that. Uh, let's head into uh, the next session here. Teams to watch. So, you know, as much as there are a lot of bags being handed out. There aren't necessarily a lot of teams that can uh, accompany those guys. So in terms of looking at teams who have like a lot of money, here's kind of who was I able to look up. So you got the Houston Rockets who have damn near 60 mil in cap space. Yeah. Utah Jazz, 43 million in cap space. San Antonio Spurs, 37 million in cap space. The Pacers with 32. Pistons, 27. And uh, I, go, I like to call this section teams to watch. The one I'm keeping my eye very close on is the Sacramento Kings because after unloading yeah. Rashawn Holmes, they have about, I think the number I saw was between 33 to $36 million in cap space. So, you yeah. know, who, which out of those teams do you think is going to probably make, not to say the most aggressive, but just someone you're keeping your eye on? Well, I mean, as a Raptor fan, you got to look at Houston. Because, I mean, the number reportedly that they're going to offer Fred Van Vliet is a two-year $83 million contract. And I don't think there's any other team in the NBA that's going to match that. Um, Houston's so way under the floor that they have to throw money at someone. And if I'm if I'm if I'm Imi Udoka and I'm a Houston Rockets fan, I know Fred did not play to his potential this last year, but Toronto was not better on the floor without him. Um, so Fred is an, is a championship proven point guard with a, with a voice in the locker room that I think is going to bring stability to. You know all the madness and all the all the freaking immaturity that they for have. For real, I think room. I think Fred's like the perfect perfect place for yeah. for Houston if he's looking at bag wise. Because I mean, like you said, uh, those guys they they might know how to play, but they don't know how to like live life as men. Not yeah. to like you know get into all that, but I yeah. agree. I mean, not only that, but I think you look at a guy like Amen Thompson, who's this like borderline generational level passer borderline guard or borderline like generational guard and i think you pair him with a guy like fred van vliet who's gotten everything he's ever earned in the league that's a good good mentorship i can see happening yeah and i think with with that being said like the team to watch out for why i said houston in the sense is because they signed fred now you've got a log jam at the guard spot and I think like minutes and opportunity is going to be hampered. And I think they really want to invest in Eamon Thompson. So you got to look at what a guy like KPJ is going to be valued at. And he could potentially be shipped out. Um, I think they're going to stay put with Jalen Green because I think he made some nice strides last year or this past season. And I think Houston has enough cap space for, for obviously another player. Um, and I think if they sign Fred and they sign another piece in this free agent class this is a team that again looks like someone that can compete for a play-in slash playoff spot um do i think that there were the rockets are going to go from being one of the worst teams to being a playoff team no i don't think fred is that big of a needle mover but i certainly think there's going to be a lot of stability and from what i understand is you know fred's done it all he's been an all-star he's an nba champion he's pretty much reached every you know corner in terms of the nba uh career at least in accomplishments, obviously he's not an MVP guy, but for a guy that's undrafted, I'm pretty sure he's going to bet on himself like he always says, bet on yourself mm-hmm. and take a two-year $83 million deal because that's generational money. I would not be mad if we go here on Friday. I would not be mad at Fred 
but I would certainly be pretty pissed off with the Raptors front office because I think that's a pretty big uh, that's a that's a pretty big slumber on their part considering um, the value that they had this past season. You made a trade to to hamper a little bit of your future next year for Jakob Pertl. You go all in with the hopes that you can re-sign everybody this summer. So um, if they lose Fred, that's a team I'd watch out for and say, if they lose Fred, you're going to look at them potentially retooling and shifting shifting gears a little bit. I don't know if they'd rebuild. They absolutely don't want to. But I can see Pascal being dealt for if Fred opts not to stay in Toronto. Mm. I feel that. Yeah, when it comes to Houston, another person I'm hearing to them is potentially Brooke Lopez. Uh, yeah. Obviously, as a Bucks fan, not a big fan of that. But I think just the amount of money, like you said, that they're so f- close to the floor, so like below it or whatever it is, that they gotta, they gotta throw some bags. And you know. Well, that's a sorry. That's an interesting situation because I need to ask you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Is, what are they gonna do about Middleton? And Lopez, because if I'm not mistaken, they have Middleton's bird rights, no? I think they have both of their bird rights, yeah. So they would have to sign them, but then you're looking at a significant tax team. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's the thing when you're one of those small market teams, you're not like in L.A. to where you can afford to lose a star player and kind of wash your hands of that, you know, because, I mean, as much as I love the Bucks, nobody's going to Milwaukee for, like, you know, the sights and the views and the lifestyle and whatever not, you're going to there to compete. Yeah. And with that, I mean, we've seen this team's willingness to, you know, go into the luxury. You get guys like, you know, you give up a lot of your assets for Drew Holiday. I ended up in a championship. You know, Chris Middleton, as much as we want to look at the fact that he's coming off of a year where he wasn't fully healthy and fully effective, I think that's the thing with guys who get, like, knee injuries, especially, you know, ones that knock you out for a significant amount of time to where – the first year back is like very iffy, but then that second year, yeah. you know, you get a, you're able to go through the summer not having to rehab, able to focus on your game. I think that's when you really are able to see how well a person's recovered. So that's all me saying that. I think if there is one person I would definitely not want to lose is Chris Middleton. You know, that's Giannis's. I mean, <laughs> remember what Kendrick Perkins was saying? Chris Middleton yeah. was the Batman. I'm not saying that, but. You know, what Chris has meant to this team from a stability standpoint, from a closing standpoint, just he's the perfect role player alongside a guy like Giannis, you know, doesn't need a lot of touches. But when the game's on the line, when you need a bucket, he's a guy you can definitely go to. When it comes to Brooke, I mean, this year was sort of a renaissance year in terms of looking at, you know, he was a guy that is one of the force, one of the big forces in the league size wise. You know, the stretching is always there, but we really saw his defense take an uptick and you know, I hopefully he's able to build off of that, hopefully back in a Bucks uniform. But, you know, when it comes to Houston, I mean, if you're able to throw that kind of money, I don't, you know, I'm not mad at him going. And plus being in like Texas, you're not too far from California. We all know how much the Lopez's love their Disneyland. That could be a big draw potentially. But, you know, I'm hoping they're able to retain both. But if there's one I'm willing to like, lose out on it would be brooke but yeah mm. we'll see i mean i guess you can have Giannis cover some of the defensive if um, yeah you know obviously the role that brooke played but that would that would honestly suck if if you lose oh no doubt that, that's what i'm saying i would brooke. i wouldn't want to lose any of them but 
Yeah. I mean, we've heard Brooks talked about how he would want to be a buck for the rest of his career, hoping that that is cap. And I just think that when you're that old, it's it's kind of that middle crossroad to where do you want to get a bag or do you want to use these last few years to really buckle down and, you know, try to get a chip. And when you look at Milwaukee, yeah, it was a disappointing season, but, you know, we always talk about injuries. That's one of the things that plagued them this year. You know, hopefully you run it back. I want to see them run it back at least one more time. If they if they get bounced out next year, then by all means, maybe not blow it up, but make some big, big changes there. But yeah, Houston, I think, is definitely one of the big forces looking towards uh, Friday. Another team I'm thinking of, I think, is the Spurs. You know, you have Victor Wembanyama, obviously, the greatest prospect, some people say all time. But when you look at this roster, you, you have a lot of promising pieces. You know, the Devin Vassells, the Keldon Johnsons. You know, they had three first-round picks last draft, if I'm not mistaken. Now you're bringing in another, like, guy. You got a, you got a lot of veteran depth, in a sense. You got Doug McDermott there. Uh, Zach Collins, I believe, is still there. But I think what they're lacking is really, like, a good, good point guard. Because, I mean, Trey Jones is cool, but he's a restricted free agent. He's also still young. And when I'm looking at the potential guards here... You know, I like the idea of San Antonio going after a guy. If, uh, let's see here, Dennis Schroeder, maybe, you know, D'Lo, I don't know, Russell Westbrook. You know, I, I like yeah. the idea of them going after one of these big name point guards to really, you know, set Wemby up in the best situation possible. Westbrook, it might be a little bit of a stretch because he's going to want to shoot a lot more and plus being in a rebuilding situation, but... I, I I like the idea of San Antonio going after, you know, a veteran guard who's able to coach up a lot of these young guys, is able to get everybody to their spots, and I think really put Wembenyama in the best situation to succeed. So, I think the Spurs are going to be a big factor in this free agency. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see who they sign. I mean, they're obviously below the floor, so they they need to they need to sign somebody. Um. One guy I was thinking about them picking up that would be really interesting is Grant Williams. Oh, um, yeah. I've, yeah seen I've seen his name circled between the Mavs and the Pacers, but I think he would be an interesting name in San Antonio because I think he fits the timeline as a younger player. Yep. Um, but in the same breath, he still does provide a bit of a leadership or a voice. Um, and he can take uh, a lot of load off in terms of the defensive end. Uh, from a guy like Wemby who will have to guard centers and, and bigger forwards and whatnot. Um, and Grant Williams, that was his role until he was, uh, you know, from, in my opinion, I think he was um, wrongly placed in the doghouse over the playoffs. I agree um, with that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see who, who else they sign. I think they were, like you said, Dennis Schroeder. Um, they need, I think they should really look at, um, you know, veteran presence. You know, I think, a guy I was thinking about is Jay Crowder. Um, like, you know, just veteran players in that locker room, obviously not necessarily needed in terms of the culture of San Antonio. Um, also because the point guard class is kind of thin. So I think there will have to be other pieces. I also heard that um, hurdle that there's a real possibility that Jakob could resign with San Antonio at a higher number. I like that. Cause, cause I feel like, as much as Wemby has the size, I feel like he, until he bulks up, he's probably more of a four. 
Yeah, and he'll definitely struggle his first year against other centers. So, uh, I mean, that would suck if you traded your assets to San Antonio to get him. He's off in a year. Fred goes. So, anyways, I'm just covering it from that aspect. But um, it'd be interesting. I think the Spurs are obviously in a place where they're focused on Wemby's recooling. So, whoever they place beside him, unless they, they manage to pick up James Harden or Kyrie Irving, I think these are just... Um, internal moves right just for preparation um i want to say there's one team that i am really looking forward to seeing this free agency is the blazers because mm, of the fact that like yeah. even though the dame situation is pissing me off like literally just choose a direction already like i don't know i don't know why like i understand the whole loyalty thing but part of me just feels like he's just dragging it out because he wants portland to make a trade he wants to stay in portland obviously but I just don't think Portland has the assets to get the set unless they're willing to give up Scoot, which I wouldn't if I was in it. So if I was in the head office, they're not willing to give up Shaden Sharp. I'm not willing to do that either. So what do you have? Uh, Anthony Simons. So what does Anthony Simons get you? He's not getting you a Pascal Siakam. He's not getting you uh, high-level players that Dame wants to obviously play with. So... I think the whole Dame situation is interesting to me, but in terms of like what they can do, I think they have something. If they're willing to move the pieces, they're probably the one team that I that I sit here and say they can make the biggest splash for an all-star or a star player in the market. I like that. Yeah, I think some kind of package of Anthony Simons, and if you're able to get off a guy like Nurkic would be amazing. But yeah, I mean, I love Dame. But I feel like he's just so concerned with not running from the grind, not wanting to yeah. be associated with the likes of like how Katie went to the Warriors to where even the thought of leaving is for him considered like that kind of lane. But it's really not. And I mean, if if the Blazers, by some account, trade a generational prospect just in the hopes of trying to reach maybe the second round with an aging superstar like Dame... Man, you're going to go from one of the most, humbled. yeah, you're going to get humbled very quickly for sure. And I mean, I like the idea of Anthony Simons pre- or spreading his wings because I mean, all the numbers say that when he's starting or when he's running the show, that dude's a dog. I mean, yeah, just to think of one off the top of my head, if I think him and OG, you know, something along those lines, I know you're not a fan of that, but. It it is an interesting prospect because someone there has to move. Hmm. I'm going to say this right now, PJ. One of Pascal, Scotty, OG has to go. Oh, yeah. Because there's not enough room for all three of them to have the ball and to do what they need to do. I think think Pascal's hedged it to where he's not going to be the one. Exactly. And so it's really weird situations, I think. Pascal has stanked his value, his own value a little bit, because he obviously wants to stay in Toronto long term. Masai wants OG here, and Scotty is obviously a generational prospect. So it's like, who do you deal? Right. And so the interesting thing about an OG for an Anthony Simons and potentially another player, whether it's Nurkic, and you know, Nurkic would be an interesting one here. And Toronto has a backup center, I don't know. Um Obviously, the money won't work out, but you know what I'm saying. Essentially, it's an interesting prospect because if Fred leaves, you have your guard for the future. 
and add Freddie Simons. Come on, Ruby. You don't like the idea of Simon's dick? And Freddie Simons, you know, Simon's dick, you know? Simons, Gary Trent, Scotty, Pascal, Yakov, if he resigns, Grady Dick. Like, you know, it's a, it's a, an interesting that's prospect. An interesting roster, I will say. But, but OG is the best 3 and D player in the league. There's absolutely no way that I think you can give him up. Um, because what he does, at least 3 and D, it's so hard to be specialist in this league now because you have to do everything. Yeah. But he's got a high enough ceiling where he can develop into a shot creator. When he's been the man, one time is Pascal and Fred have been out. Like, he's clearly been the best player on the floor. And he's one of the best defenders in the league, if not, you know, the most versatile in terms of being able to cover the floor, bigs, guards, all that jazz. So, Anthony Simons to OG does not necessarily pique my interest in the sense of, like, yeah, we got to do it. But if I mean if there was a situation that you were like Fred is gone and you gotta retool and you gotta shift something, you know, I'd entertain it. That's what I'll say. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah you'd entertain it. Raptors Twitter is gonna kill me. Hey man, that's okay. <laughs> Cause you guys got Anthony Simons and Grady Dick. You know, they'll, they'll Grady come. Dick is gonna be crazy. Hundred percent. He's gonna be good. That Dick do go crazy. <laughs> I. I <laughs> Man, right back to it. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Oh. I'll, I'll, just on a little aside, do you think Grady's going to end up in like top 10 jersey sales in his rookie year? Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what I I'm think, seeing on Twitter. Yeah, uh, and he's clearly marketable because the NBA has really pushed him. Yeah. I mean, him and Scotty, at least Scotty was, was marketed a lot in his rookie year. Grady Dick... Um, if you saw some of the, the graphics that were used to promote the rookies, it was like Scoot. Um, His, Wendy, I think. Oscar Thompson, uh, Eamon Thompson, yeah. and freaking Grady freaking Dick. He's taking 13th, man. We're you know, you know why? On it's because it, of it's because of the, the draft suit. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was ugly as sin. But looking back, you know, sure. him being from Kansas, it's a, it's a nice little, little, I don't know, yeah. reference, whatever it may be. But I think it's and one of those, it's so, it's so bad, it's good kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and his personality is so marketable. Yeah. Um, like it literally reminds me of when Scotty got drafted. He wasn't dancing or anything, but like Brady Dick was clearly an eccentric kid. You could see him. He's yeah. loud. He's proud. He's open. Like, and that's the same thing about Scotty. So, the dick I don't is know, out. man. I feel like the dick, the dick is out. Hey. Gotta love that dick pic. 100%, man. Dick pic going yep. down. Dick, Can't wait to see dick it. From, dick from three. Oh, dick penetrated to the rim. That's a good penetration dick by dick right there. <laughs> that's a good penetration by dick right there. The, my, the way, the way Grady is able to suck in the D, that's why they call him the big dick. You know what I'm saying? I swear we're gonna get one of these compilations. Like we're gonna oh, get one hundred percent. Where it's like it's just or or one of these guys like you know those pretend broadcasts like oh <laughs> yeah he's got pretty dick down penetrating down into the hole oh yeah with the slam and jamma oh wow 
dick with a jam. Oh my god. I can't wait. Matt. We're so immature, I swear to God. True, but you know why? This is why I say this. I can't wait to see the TNT crew try to do some some quick little highlight reviews. Chuck and Shaq are the worst. 100%. They might be like, yeah, you're not allowed. They might ban Toronto from ever getting that time. Because those are the worst defenders you can play against. Because if you can feel their bodies. When you feel their bodies, when a dude's banging on you. You pass it to the, the dick. When the dude's banging on you, banging and banging, you know, those are the worst defenders to play against, actually. Because when you can feel their bodies and you see shackled. Going... <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying, man. Grady Dixon for to take over the league. Oh, no. I still remember one time. Sorry, this is so random. I still remember one time. They were just randomly, they are like, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then Chuck was like, speaking of coming. <laughs> and then Kenny Smith was like, oh, wait, what? Well, what are we talking about? Oh, man. Oh, my. Grady Dick, you're going to open up a can of worms for every broadcaster this year. I can't wait for Summer League. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> Need Richard Jefferson on the call. I think he's going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I'm excited. But getting back on track after that little, probably like seven minutes aside or whatever. Sacramento's another team I think I'm looking at to where I think they're a few pieces away from really making some noise and they already did. I mean, we see the Draymond rumors. I don't know if I necessarily believe those, but, you know, having 30 million to play around with. I hope, though. That they don't just spend it on one player. That's what I will say. I hope they're able to spread that out to hopefully, you know, two solid rotational guys. Because, I mean, you're bringing in a guy like Colby Jones. I think your guard plays somewhat solidified. But then now you're kind of looking more at the wings. If you're able to, like you were, like you were saying, if you're able to bring back Harrison Barnes on a team-friendly deal, that would be amazing. But, I mean, they're, their team, I think, this offseason is arguably, maybe even... Outside of maybe last year during the trade deadline, this might be kind of when you look back on it, one of the defining moments uh, for the franchise as a whole. No doubt. Yeah, yeah I, I think that you said it best. I think um, if they are going to spend all their money on one player, it's probably going to be Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a scenario here that I thought would be interesting. If What's what's the approximate amount? $30 million? Uh, I think that's how much Kuz wants, yeah. So, And I th- believe that's what Sacramento has open currently, you know? Mm-hmm. 30 million. I, th- I think you take a flyer at Bruce Brown. You're giving you Bruce f- Brown 30 M's? No, not 30 oh, M's. Because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. saying the other scenario is, is you don't want to use up the whole 30 on a player, right? Yeah. So I think Bruce Brown is probably going to demand anywhere between 12 and 18 million a year. Mm-hmm. And then you take a flyer on a guy who, when not injured, actually had a really good season this year. You look at Kelly Oubre. Mm, yeah, I was going to say that's another guy I think is going to be right? like... Yeah. And I think they they needed dynamic wing scorers, some athleticism. I think Bruce Brown is a playmaker. We saw when he has the ball in his hands this past year how how good he actually is. Like, Bruce Brown yeah. really is a solid player. Like, he's a very good basketball player. Like, he's a hooper. Like, the dude can get to the rim. He could clearly shoot. He could playmake. He could create. And he can defend multiple positions. And he can rebound. 
And I think Kelly Oubre is somewhat in that that slot where you can bring him off the bench. He's a guy that can hit the three, create shots. Uh, there's length for him to defend. I just like the fact if they go on a younger route as well. I mean, Harrison Barnes, if he resigns to team-friendly deal, I think that's really important for them to bring him back anyways for that continuity. But, yeah. I mean, Bruce Brown and Kelly Oubre is not bad. I think that's an upgrade right away if that they're not would looking be, to spend that full money. But That would be a master class in GMing, I can't lie. Yeah. Man. And I don't think Kelly Oubre is going to demand significant money this year because yeah, of the fact that... Yeah, I think that, him and like, Bruce are probably both around that like 13 to 18 range. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's money well spent right there. Two, mm. two very, very good, rota- like solid, valuable rotation of players. So, yeah. And, and yeah, I, mean, I think Sacramento for me is number one on my list right now oh, yeah. in terms of like what they can do. I mean, looking at I believe also they had the bird rights on HB. So that 33, 36 yeah. can definitely go towards strictly, you know, new guys. But I mean, yeah, I, I think... That's probably, I would assume, majority of people who follow the NBA very closely. I think Sacramento is definitely probably the team you're most got your like your eyes set on. But moving on from there, before we get into specific, you know, this player, where you think they go, let's talk about some deals that have been signed. First one, Nas Reed, three years, $42 million with a player option. Can't lie. Yep. You know, Minnesota can't afford to really lose any of their assets. Nas Reed especially, because I mean... You know, when you look at like his ability to really impact the game, I think he gives the the Timberwolves a really, really good like, really good alternative look to when you have the Cats and the Go Bears on the floor. Because I mean, when he's starting, dude's a dog. Not saying he's gonna do that, but I mean, essentially, if he doesn't play to the value, three years at forty two million, not bad at all. Because I mean, the the role he plays, I think, is very essential to that team. And, you know, like we said, or like I just said, they can't really afford to lose anything. And, and you pair him alongside with, like, I don't remember what their bench was really looking like. But, I mean, Nas Reed, I think that's a big steal of a contract. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was going to be the one guy that was going to lead a lot of suitors early in free agency. Yeah. Also, um, doesn't doesn't 42 feel a little a little short? It does feel short. Right. I think that was a good deal. It, it also it also has the fact to do with, you know, on any other team, he's probably a starter. But, mm-hmm. I mean, considering what they got in Rudy Gobert, he's going to be playing behind him and Kat for a while. Um, you know, I think Nas Reed, it, it, it's a good number regardless because you already know what he's capable of doing, and which is starter-level production. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, he, he's a player that can step in and, and start and, and produce. So, yeah, it's good money. I th- it clearly short, but if you're looking around the league as well, I mean, he's probably got the same amount of suitors as almost every team, you know, is looking for in terms of the cash that he wanted. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Good extension. Good extension for Minnesota. I think that was the one. One win that they've had in all of their past few moves. Hey, I mean, this offseason already kind of off to a sneaky start. You know, Leonard yeah. Miller, crazy steal. This move. And uh, we'll see how the rest of this shakes out. Nikola Vucevic, three years, 60 mil. I mean, I can't lie, man. He loves DeMar way too much. Just get your bag, Vooch. This team's going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Three or sixteen million is also what I would say is right for Vooch. 
You don't think anybody of, went up up to like about that twenty five borderline thirty range? Well, I think I think teams would have, but I think this is probably the best situation for him in terms of mm. okay. like where his role is as a center. I don't think he's a very good defensive center either, and I think he kind of knows that. Uh, but for his production, I think as a team like Chicago, like I'd be pretty happy that he's he's signed for the next three years at twenty million dollars a year. I mean, so it's a. I mean, if I'm Chicago, I'm kind of like, all right, this is a great signing, you know, for a pretty fair deal. If I was Vooch, yeah, I mean, I'd probably want more money. But in terms of opportunity and like Maybe his best chance well. to win. Yeah, I think like opportunity and like combined, like the balance of trying to win and trying to be competitive. Like mm-hmm. he probably feels that got a good amount of money and is in a good situation where he's comfortable. So, yeah, I can't blame Vooch for wanting to stay in Chicago. Uh, respect it. All right, heading on to specific players because I mean, I mean, I feel like we're both in agreement. Kyrie stays, James Harden stays, yeah. Draymond Green stays, and we yeah. already talked about Middleton and Brooks. So let's get into the juicy ones here. D'Lo. I mean, there he's in. He's been in Toronto. I don't know how you feel yeah. about that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, well, unless he's willing to sign for the MLE. Um. Yeah, for Toronto, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he goes. I feel like just his skill set and how much he's proven to, I mean, let, let's say it, to be a liability in the playoffs, I think has really tanked his value because, I mean, you know, we can look at every team and we can we can say who their guard, bucket, kind of play makes but doesn't really guy is because, I mean, I mean, Jordan Clarkson is one that comes to mind. Maybe, I mean, his playmaking definitely improved in the past few years, but I think most people still know him as a bucket. You know, again, there's guys like that on every team. So I think D'Lo's best move might be to come back to L.A. Definitely on a cheaper deal, but, you know, it kind of sucks. I do love D'Lo. D'Lo's a, D'Lo's a heck of a player when it comes to it, but I, I don't know if there's too many suitors for him. I can't, yeah, I can't think off the top of my head of a team that is probably going to sign D'Lo to the money that he wants and or the opportunity he wants mm. um, without having to take a hit on one of those two things. So I don't know what he does, man. <laughs> I think, I think, like you said, he probably stays the Lakers. I mean, if, if there's like a move to maybe just be doing shit, maybe the idea of like signing and trading D'Lo for like a Terry Rozier get a little younger in that backcourt there that's like what i could maybe see but that's also like that's more some 2k stuff i feel yeah yeah but all right moving on to the next one you tell me a place you'd like to see him or where you think they'll go russell westbrook i think he stays the clippers, think he stays I mean, the clippers? it's been rumored that he stays the clippers yeah i think he stays in la i think he signs a team-friendly deal um he's obviously on the last leg of his career and you know it's probably the best place for him too. I mean, clearly he was loved by the Clipper fans, so oh, yeah. and by the front office, and and um, there's less pressure for him there because clearly all the pressures on their wings that can never stay healthy. Mm, I feel that. So he needs someone to stay on the floor, and Russell Westbrook has been an Iron Man for ninety nine percent of his career. Mm. Uh, here's an interesting one: Jordan Clarkson. Now he's not necessarily a free agent; he has a player option, but I feel like we both expect him to decline that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Where, yeah, where's the situation you'd love to see him in? Um, because I mean, he's part of me wants to see him in, in Philadelphia. Ooh, that could be tasty. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, part of me wants to see him in Philadelphia only because, like, I want him. Philadelphia is a team that struggled to have like some sort of shot creation mm. in the half court, like some guy who can just hoop. And I think Jordan Clarkson obviously fits that bill. Um, I don't know if they have obviously the, the money for him, but um, I'd also like to see him on a contender. Like I'd like to see him on a good team. I think uh, oh, man. whether he decides to choose the bag or play for contender, he'll he'll have that option. I remember a Bucks Twitter was just saying like Jordan Clarkson, man, I would, I would love that. That would be nice. That would that be a would be really nice pickup, no doubt. Dante Divincenzo. Where where you think he next? Next. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I like that idea of bringing all the Nova Knicks. boys to like back to insane, New York man. or back to. I like, but I like the fit though. Yeah, I really like Dante's fit on the Knicks. I I think that's oh man, him and JB were like the starting backcourt together, right? Yeah, like back at Nova, that's a nasty yeah. backcourt. Oh. I see him with the Knicks. Um, I don't think he's obviously not coming back to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, there's just no way they can re-sign him. Um, I think there's an opportunity for him uh, in Minnesota. Like I, 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 that's one of the teams that was rumored Ooh, to, to be yeah, looking at. Him. I like that. Um, I also think uh, I want to say Toronto. I would not mind DiVincenzo as an MLE pickup in Toronto. Um, he's going to have a lot of options. I think his, I think in terms of what his value is, it's probably the MLE. So there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking for his service. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. He just plays the game the right way. You know, yeah. doesn't have too many flaws in his game. All righty. Uh... I'll throw one at you. Yeah, yeah. You, we can go back and forth with this. Throw it. Dylan, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, last time. In all seriousness, I heard seriousness. I heard Vegas has them going to Houston, and I like yeah. that. But I think another team I would maybe look at. Uh, shit, man. <laughs> you know, if he somehow ended up on the Cavs, that could that would be, a be really nasty. Because yeah. I I think you have all the gravity. Not that he had any gravity to begin with, but you have all of that taken away. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're able to just like focus on defending, and you know hit the yeah. occasional shot. Because I mean, if he's, I I think, I do think him playing in Memphis for so long and kind of being one of those guys that grinds his way from the second rounder to like. Now you were a starting caliber guy in the playoffs is a is a good story and all, but I, I think there is some kind of floor that you hit with the, those kind of teams, especially if you're a guy like Dylan Brooks. And I think a change in scenery to a team that's really, I think, closer to doing it than the Grizzlies, plus being surrounded by, like, in my opinion, better guard play is a, is a situation I'd like to see. Because, I mean... If we're looking at any of these small forwards, I'm you could name all of these guys to like Cleveland because I mean, you know, Tory Craig would fit amazing in Cleveland. Kelly Oubre, Dedoy, yeah. Dylan Brooks, you know, Cameron Johnson, you know, 
I, I think Max they Truce. just need someone that's not Isaac Okoro or Seti Osserin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Respect to those guys. You know, they did their Yo. thing. Do you remember when people were saying this is the LeBron replacement for Seti Osserin? Yeah, like no. My goodness, good. that's insane. But yeah, that's I, I, I like I like him to Cleveland. I like him to Cleveland too. I think you brought up a good point. There's a lot of guys that could obviously fit there. I think um, I think Cleveland's pipe dream is Kyle Kuzma. Um, I just that don't. Would be absolutely insane. How but does, I, I don't know how that works though. It's just. Yeah, it won't happen. It won't happen mm. because they don't have the money for it. Just simply enough. But. Um, or if there is one guy that I would love to see in, in a Cleveland, a Cavs uniform, if we just say fits, like I think the perfect fit there would be Josh Hart. True. You know who's another guy I think would be really good there, Ruben? Guess. Are you gonna say uh here? Bruce Brown? No, not Bruce Brown. Uh let's see. Oh, Middleton? No, not Chris Middleton. Oh shoot. All right, uh Christian Wood? Not Christian Wood. Do you want a hint? Uh, all right. All right. Like, give me a hint. This guy's better than that French fucking bum Evan Fournier. Oh, my God. Okay, no. No. <laughs> serious. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, Evan Day. Huh? Every team needs an Evan Fournier. Yeah, to sit on the bench and do fuck all. <laughs> yeah, he's your veteran. He's your veteran shooter. Evan Fournier is not. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. You, who you listen to first, Seth Curry or Evan Fournier? Se- wait, wait. Who would I listen to first? Yeah, Seth Curry or Evan Fournier? Oh, Seth Curry, hundred percent. So you yeah, but that argument is Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier. I'm taking Cam. And I'm not listening. Right I'm, I'm taking Cam Reddish. I'm not, I'm not listening to either. <laughs> hey man, put Cam Reddish on that team. Give him some opportunity, you know. <laughs> oh God! Probably not that much better than Isaac Okoro, but just for the sake of it, you know, sign him up. <laughs> Why don't we see uh, Chris Middleton in the in the Cavaliers? If he somehow gets to the Cavs, man, there's no money over there. I might, I this might, I might have to get this tattoo lasered off. Oh, did you get a Middleton tat? No, not a Middleton tat, but I got like the the Brandon Jennings saying, you know, Bucks and Six, that's for the culture when they won. Oh, true, true, true. But yeah, I mean, I just want to see Cleveland do something. Because I think they they sold very hard at the draft. Because, I mean, you can't tell me there's a world where they could have traded to 20th and landed Cam Whitmore. I I think they really dropped the ball there on the draft. Because, I mean, you know, Monty Bates is cool and all. I'm a guy who... You know, love the opportunity. Hopefully, he's able to get some kind of burn. But, you know, when it comes to it, when you're going to be in the deep depths of the playoffs, as great as it is to have that kind of shot making, the the playoffs, I think, is just another level of basketball IQ that I don't know if Amani's really at yet. Now they can't get yeah. there, but, you know, they just need to do something. Well, they definitely need something that's not Isaac Okor and Sonny Osmond. I think you mm-hmm. literally said it best, so... I just keep it at that. I think oh, yeah. it's it's hard to think right now as to where or exactly who. I mean, obviously, they don't have a lot of room to move either at this yeah. moment. But there are some players that they can sign for the MLE that are better than Isaac Cora and Seti Osmond. So, oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, make something TJ Warren? Something. TJ Warren's an interesting one. 
I think so too. Um, part of me wants to say he goes to a team like Washington. Um, oh, just who? I I'd kind of like that. Only because he's clearly a guy who needs to pick up his value again. Yeah. Um. So I think seeing him on a team where he can get an opportunity to play is going to be his number one key. Um, and he didn't get a lot of chance to do that with Phoenix this past year. Mm. All right, I'll throw one out here. Christian Wood, where do you think he goes? Um, so he's. I don't think he's definitely – I don't think he's coming back to Dallas. I, I, I would think um, that he feels very slighted. Yeah. Absolutely, he does. I think a team with a really good fit for him is uh, Miami. Ooh, I also I, I also want to say I would be interested if Sacramento took a flyer on him only because um, just to add more forward depth, get bigger on the front court. Him, Sabonis. I like, and, yeah, because I, I um, think you can then you could shift Keegan over to just the three. Keegan Murray to three. Yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm thinking. Ooh, and that's a bigger that's a lineup. That's a nasty lineup. Ooh, uh, like it's, that. so that's a nice. And obviously, a lot of offensive production, a bit of a liability. Well, not a bit, quite a bit of a liability defensively. But this is a team that was clearly very good defensively, anyways, as a team. And they played fast. And Christian would fit those two things. So I like the the flyer on him. Yeah, Christian Wood I think is like the sleeper for this free agency class to where he could make a big big impact. I think. Yeah, I, there's another team that I would be interested to see how we could you know if if he could get onto there first of all, um, is Miami. I think Miami is one team, and the other that I was thinking about is Boston. You don't think they have enough depth there? I, I think, well, they have a I, lot of bigs. True, but, but do, you, think... do you think, because I, not to cut you off or anything, but I feel like if Christian Wood goes there, I think he'd be more like insurance than like full rotation. Because, you know, I, well, I, I think you're banking I, on I, those I don't, three not being healthy. I don't, I wouldn't bank on Christian Wood being a, being a massive rotational player either at this point. Um, Unless a team like Portland is willing to take a take a flyer on him, which I think another team would be um, a landing spot for Christian Wood, but I think considering what they did with Malcolm Brogdon this past year and Chris Stapps posing his injury history, same thing with Al Horford, same thing with Robert Williams, like you said, I think it'd be interesting to see him as a flyer there and add more depth to that front court that because would be, that would be probably the most stacked front court, man. That'd be crazy. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, like, it would be interesting to see if they can somehow get him. Obviously, at a team-friendly deal, because that would be the only way to get him. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, they want to shore up that front court, because that front court is full of injury-prone players. True. I just want to see him in a good situation, man. He's he's probably one of, like, the most unluckiest players when it comes to situation-wise in the past bit. Uh, All right. Next guy. Let's talk about... Hmm... Let me throw one at you. All right, go ahead. I'll give you. Um, did we talk about this fellow? Well, I don't think we did. We say specifically Bruce Brown because I think he's going to have a lot of suitors. I mean, we we touched on it. You mentioned how it'd be crazy for the for the Kings, but I, I'm the kind of guy where, uh, I think if the numbers right, I hope I would hope he stays, but. I also think Christian Braun's capable of just slotting into that role. 
and also drafting a guy like Julian Strother to fill that role of Christian Braun being the rookie. I think that could be another thing too, to where they're just like, we love you. We love you, Brucey. You, as much as coach Malone said, you're not going anywhere for this kind of money, a little too rich. So I, I think if he doesn't stay, man, when you mentioned Sacramento, I just think that'd be perfect. Cause yeah. I think you could give him more of the point guard role not to say that Malik Monk's bad at that, but I just think he's so much more effective as a guy who's able to just shoot the ball and not focus too much on like getting his chickens together or whatever it may be. So I, I really do like that Sacramento fit. Another one though, I mean, I saw the saw you was in Boston. That could be cool too. Mm. But mm. I also think you know if I'm signing for the mid level, I'd I'd rather just stay with Denver. So if I'm if I'm looking at teams where you can maybe get paid, ooh, him to Indiana, or, I think for many. maybe be, I think just any of these That'd teams that got a lot of cap space could be interesting. He he's just a guy I who mean, I think there's back. not really too many teams he could go on and be like, yeah, this dude's cheeks. <laughs> you know, there's I think yeah. he, he's the Swiss Army knife in every sense of the word. I think one team that will be on in the play for some free agents um, that we don't that we haven't really mentioned that I think can compete for the playoffs is Oklahoma City. Mm, yeah, I can feel that. I I absolutely think they will be in the play for somebody. Um, I think the projected cap space is sitting around eighteen million. Um, I might be totally wrong, but I mean they. There's something there. I mean, the, the, I think the team, I think they think that they're competitive. Obviously, they were in the plan. Yeah. Right? So, clearly, this is a team that can compete already at their level. You add Chet to that lineup. Um, and then the cap space to sign a veteran player. I mean, it'd be interesting. I think Oklahoma City is going to be in play for some of these, these top guys, too. Potentially. I, I also feel like they're more in, in tune with, like, I feel like Sam Presti's just waiting for the next superstar who's like disgruntled. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, if he's, they, they if he's willing to open that, yeah, if he, they also have the cap space to sign someone and still make the trades if they want to. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see who. I mean, that'd be interesting to talk about like who the next disgruntled star could be. I mean. JB, I feel like it's such a cop out answer, but I also feel like, yeah, if he don't like Boston's fans, I don't know how much more he'd like Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, I'll leave uh, that. I've got, I've got, I've got two names that right, I want to throw out there: Trey Young. Oh, I could. Oh, okay. I think Trey Young could be uh, disgruntled, and. Um, there, I was I was flirting between two, but I think the other guys is fine where he is, which is Paul George. But the other guy I was gonna say is Lamelo Ball. I don't know if Lamelo. You think he ah? I feel like he would be because I think at some point he was gonna start wanting. I think he's gonna start wanting to win at some, like. I feel Charlotte like has I, been a bad team. I want to see how him and Brandon Miller operate before like, because I feel like. Lamelo getting disgruntled maybe two or three years down the road. I'm thinking more potentially like this year. I I could see it, but 
I also I, I want to see how him and this potential Paul George twin could uh, could operate. But I yeah, they gotta make they gotta make something happen fast though. Yeah, it's, that was that was that was MJ's pick on the way out. So that that doesn't really sit well with me. And Mitch Kupchak had no explanation for why that pick was made. Um, so anyway, I I think he just liked the the cojones on Brandon Miller. So, I mean, did you hear he was just like. He was basically saying, yeah. "Man, MJ, I'd beat you." Better. Well, that and it's like, man, I would cook you. I mean, Michael Kidd Gilchrist had some balls too. He also had a crazy ass jumper. <laughs> how do how do you how's that even comfortable? <laughs> how do you shoot a ball like that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but okay. yeah, I, I mean, I, do, I like the idea of them kind of staying put because I do yeah. think you're at the point now to where you have a good core, and even though you're bringing in who's the case in Wallace, we're also remembering that they're bringing in Chet this year, so yeah, that team is going to be. That's probably like if there's a team that's on the the hunt for being like from worst to first, they're probably top of that list. Hundred percent. Um, Dennis Schroeder. Man, I feel like he just fits with a lot of teams. I, I would hope that he stays though. I think he just brings some kind of steadiness. He understands how LeBron eighty like to operate. You know, he was another guy that was like, he's he's had a good resurgence because I mean he's come a long way from turning down ADMs. No, yeah. He's not getting that, but. I, I don't know if there's necessarily a situation that's as big of a fit and as big of an opportunity as it would just to be to, to stay with the Lakers. What do you think? Just tell him not to fumble the bag again. Straight up. Just tell him not to fumble it again. Um, True. You said Schroeder to Spurs. That that piqued my interest. I like I like that idea. Yeah. Um, I like Schroeder in Toronto, um, especially as an Emily guard. Uh I like Shooter in Minnesota. I like that um, because they obviously need some solid guard play. Um, I think a team like Miami, because considering Ooh, Gabe Vincent as yeah. well, and Kyle Lowry it doesn't seem like he's going to be sticking around. If anything, he's going to be trade bait and or waived. I think Denner Shooter is also a really nice pickup and fits what they do. As well, I think you would want to sign Gabe Vincent regardless. I think that's their number one priority. But Dennis Schroeder would be a really nice backup option for Miami. Um, we haven't talked enough about uh, Atlanta. Um, I don't know if I'd say that he's I'm going back to Atlanta, but depending on what happens with Dejounte Murray, that could be an option where they because they clearly like to run those that two guard. Yeah. And Dennis Schroeder is a guy who likes to play with another playmaker, and I feel like he'd be a good fit beside Trey Young. So that would be interesting. I can see that, but I also want to. I I don't. I'm trying to see Kobe Buffkin hoop this season. And I think that's why they're looking at trying to trade Dejounte Murray. Mm. So um, you know, we'll trade. We'll trade you guys Gary Trent for Dejounte Murray if you guys want that. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> you know, I know how you mentioned Miami. Another thing. Another player i like to see them pursue kobe white i think you know, mm. played really yeah. well to end the season he was able to kind of at least put some kind of doubt into this whole narrative of like 
he's not really that kind of guy when it comes to the Chicago's future. Now, I think he's also played himself into a situation to where Chicago would match anything. But if there's like a new situation, I'd love to see him in because, I mean, we all understand what Miami needs. It's all it's all cool when you can shoot the threes. But if that's being clamped down and you're not able to create in space, not too. I mean, we saw how it ended. I think Kobe White's the guy who can alleviate some of that pressure. But yeah, yeah. To end it I off. Think, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one more, one more team yeah. uh, that could be in the play for another guard is Memphis. And I like Dennis Schroeder or Seth Curry. Oh yeah. And Memphis. Yeah. I think just some because, kind of good game manager. Yeah, exactly. Or if they have Seth and, and have him, you know, spot up and shoot. I think Marcus Smart is pretty good as a primary, um, playmaker but obviously you know you would stagger the minutes between him and job but that would be interesting i think dennis Schroeder, good game manager seth curry obviously sharpshooter um who can run an offense i think that'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see from memphis no doubt i think another player i'm curious to see what happens with them is uh matisse Thibel. you know restricted <clears throat> <Yeah>. free agent <clears throat> you know we, we've seen what happens when you go to a new situation and you're playing in a contract year start to hoop a little bit He's another guy I'd love to see Sacramento potentially throw their name in the hat for because I, I think he's a guy that if uh, Kevin Herter's not on his shit like how he was in the playoffs, he's a guy they could step up there for sure. And yeah, he's just a guy I think I definitely don't want to see him just buried underneath the depth chart for any other team. I think he deserves quality minutes for sure. I think I could see him in Washington. Mm, yeah, that'd be. I could see him in ooh. Washington. Him I like and, him in Detroit him as well. Denny would be nice. Ooh, Detroit. Yeah. Matisse is another one of those guys to where I, I think you throw him in almost any situation and he'll make it work. Like if that jumper yeah. comes back too. Oh, man. Scary hours for sure. 100%. Is there anyone else here we can really talk about? I mean. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, Jeremy Grant, you think he stays? Oh. I think Jeremy Grant stays. I think Jeremy Grant stays. I think I, I think a point guard we t- clearly did not talk about that is going to get a lot of looks this free agency is Dennis Smith Jr. I hope he stays, man. I like the idea of him staying with Charlotte, but I've also heard Miami's interested. That would be interesting because, like, he's obviously when he's healthy, he's a guy who can put the pressure on the rim. He was really good this year. Like, oh, yeah. we did not give him enough credit this year. Like, he was really good this he year when he was healthy. He was a super, super nice, like, comeback story. Um, so that'd be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I think another player that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I'm just going through the list. Let's see. One interesting player. Mm-hmm. One more. Let me see. Oh, I think Utah Watanabe is going to get a lot of looks this year. I think I think Phoenix oh, could actually man. sign him. Utah oh Watanabe. man, he and yeah, he was really good before. He's he got the kind of guy who would. Before he got hoed, he was shooting like fifty percent or something crazy like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he was the leading three point shooter, and he was defending and rebounding really well. So. I think that's the kind of utility guy you need for a team oh, like Phoenix. He so, goes to Phoenix. Um, I don't see be, him coming back to Brooklyn. That would be a sick fit. Yeah. I think Grant Williams is also another guy that has will have a lot of suitors this summer. Mm. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, I I mentioned the him Mavs. to the Spurs would be nice. The Mavs is a thing I'm very yeah. intrigued by. 
I think that's the perfect kind of guy. 3 and D. And, you know, I think we'll fully see him start to spread his wings as that uh, P.J. Tucker fire hydrant mold. Yeah. Him, him and Derek Lively, I think, could make for a, for a good front court tandem of, like, defensive versatility. Well, they, they clearly miss Dorian Finney-Smith, and Grant Williams is probably the closest thing to that. Mm. And so, and, and being 24 years old um, with his play style, I think it just fits what they're trying to do, especially if they retain uh, Kyrie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, man, I'm okay. To end it off, who are like the three teams that you would say you're most excited to see how they how they fear or how they fare with this upcoming free agency? Uh, Not including our, te- our own teams. Yeah, yeah. Just three other teams. Sacramento for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Sacramento. Absolutely. I'm excited about seeing. Um, huh. Yeah, there's a lot of Golden State. Oh yeah. Golden State. Because I absolutely think that Mike Dunleavy Jr. is gonna go in there and look and shop uh Kaminga and Moses Moody's value. So I would I I definitely think the Warriors will be an interesting one to watch. And hmm. I wanna say Cleveland because we've been talking about how they have that hole. And Brian Windhorse came out recently and said like there's something going on in Cleveland that I can't talk about. Remember, he's the same guy that did the whole thing with Rudy Gobert. And he's mm-hmm. called out multiple things before they even happen because without actually saying anything, because apparently it's like he can't actually say it. So apparently something's happening in Cleveland. I've, I've that's heard, what I want to look I've out for. I've heard DG. I really hope that's not true, though. Draymond Green? No, no, like Darius Garland. Darius, oh, getting traded. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw um, multiple trade rumors for him, but I, I, I don't understand that. Me neither. I, I think that's just smoke. Um, I, I think that's stupid for trading Darius Garland. Oh, 100%. because then who's your game manager? Hundred percent. I think if there's anything they're doing in terms of a big move, I would think it's making Evan like a full-time five and moving off of Jarrett. Moving at Jarrett Allen, yeah. yes. I was ex- thinking the exact same thing because yeah. um, Jarrett Allen's got quite a bit of value. So that'll be interesting. I think if they do Mobley at the five and they get like some solid wing player. Ooh, be scary hours. So who are your three again? Sacramento. Um, Sacramento, um, uh, Golden State. And did I say a third one? Cleveland. I said Cleveland. Well, I said Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Mm, I like that's a solid three. I think for me, by default, Sacramento. Of course, uh, another one I'm looking forward to is Charlotte. We didn't talk about it, but I think the whole situation with Miles Bridges, seeing how that's going to go, could be interesting. He should not be in the league anymore. I though. don't think so either. We'll we'll see though. And then the other one I'm looking forward to. Hmm. I'll say I'll say Indiana, because I think they they have the opportunity yeah, to retool one. and be really really good heading into this season. Because I mean, their front five or their their starting five I think is gonna be elite. You got Tyrese, Benedict Matherin. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, Jarris Walker you just drafted. Miles Turner. Miles Turner, and who's like the? Oh my, why am I? Oh, Buddy Healed. He's probably Buddy more Heald, your two. Yeah. So I, I think having that starting five is crazy. And then you got Nemhard on your bench. Uh, 
Oh yeah, Nemhard. Yeah. My goodness. Our Canadian brother. Can I see something outlandish right now? I'm gonna say something like kind of hot. I think this is a league. We're currently in a league, and this upcoming season, depending on what happens this free agency, that that the worst team in the league, like San Antonio or Houston, could be a play-in team. I think every team. I know it's like kind of a cop out to say this, but I think every team next year will be in contention for a play. Yeah, I feel that. I think I don't think there's any team that's just like completely directionless. Yeah, doo-doo. Like outside yeah, of injury, true. if every team stays healthy, this could be a crazy, crazy season, which is amazing. Because I mean, as we've always been saying, and as everybody's observed, parity is continuing to increase and increase, which is you know amazing. And that's what you want, right? Like yeah. you want teams that are competitive. And if you see a team that's like last in the league, but they're two games out of like the eighth spot or the play-in spot. Like, that's good because then teams really have to fight every game and every regular season game counts. And that's never really been the case in the past. Um, with that being said, sorry, there's one more team that I want to say. Orlando is going to be interesting. I hope Orlando stays, like, the stays pat for for majority of it. If anything, I hope to just add, like, like a Udonis Hazem kind of guy. Like a, you're They've not got a log jam at the guard of... position, though. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think if you're looking at... We can probably talk about it another time, but we're looking at players that could get traded during the trade deadline. Depending on where Orlando's at and how he plays, Markel Fultz is a guy I could see on the move, especially since he just drafted a guy like uh, Anthony Give him Black. to Toronto. Come to Toronto. Come to Toronto. Markel Fultz. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a good fit. But with that, Ruben, any last things you want to add? Grady Dick will win Rookie of the Year. Buy it in on that dick, baby. <laughs> but anyways, why you riding what? Hell no, I'm not saying it. You riding what? I'm, I'm riding, I'm, man, even if you said his first name, it sounds so bad. I'm riding Grady all the way. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> Q or just you know, stay locked in on Friday because that's going to be a crazy time, no doubt. I think a superstar is getting traded Ooh. on Friday. I think a superstar is getting oh, traded. Oh, I, I need some spiciness, I think, for sure. But with that, stay safe, stay blessed. We'll see you all soon.